0: Welcome to the Sound Centric Podcast, I am your host Adam Dash and today we have one of my favorite YouTubers ever, one of the best first people to react to music on YouTube with over 400,000 subscribers and tons of people going to listen to this man. They want to know what his opinion is of your favorite music. Ladies and gentlemen, John Denton, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: Man, like this this is really exciting. I've been, I feel like since I was in high school watching like people like you, Sean C, Fantano, and now Turning the Tables, which I know you've had a hand in helping them, but it's, it's awesome. And I think you are so great at being able to express your opinion and always, in, if, even if it's a negative opinion in a positive way, which I think is such an important thing in hip hop because the discourse, and it's the same thing with sports. It might just be social media right now, that it's always such a negative, hard hitting thing. And people mm. can't just. There's nuances to having a negative opinion, which I think you express really well. Uh,
1: thank you. Um, when it, especially when it comes to music these days, now it's 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 essentially free, right? I mean, you can mm. watch it on YouTube with ads and listen to one of the streaming platforms with ads if you don't actually pay for it. But compared to, and I, I mean, you talked about being in high school, you made me feel old. But back when I was in high school, obviously you were buying CDs <laughs> and, and cassettes. Um, so the investment literally was, was, was serious on music. You, yeah. you couldn't just, you take a chance, but it was a chance. You know, that was like the only record yeah. I'd be able to buy that month, probably. Uh-huh. Um, so now because it's free, I don't feel like I'm doing any sort of buyer's guide when I talk about music. So I don't feel like if an artist produces something of a lower quality, I don't feel that they're trying to rip anybody off, do you know what I mean? It's different to yeah, yeah. when it's a product that costs money. and um, So in that respect, I'm always trying to find what it is in a song that the artist was intending to do. And if it's an artist that I don't particularly like their music or I can't get on board with their music or it's not my cup of tea, I'm at least trying to understand what it is about that artist or band that other people, their fans, like. And uh-huh. there's been plenty of times, so many times, whether I was doing this on YouTube or before, where there'd be an artist or a band that I didn't get, I'd hear something, maybe I'd read a, a good review or um listen to a recommendation from somebody else. I'd catch something, some little sentiment that they mention. And it made me reevaluate what I was listening to, and I'd be able to catch on to the same frequency. And uh-huh. so I try and do that when I'm reacting, but also try and project that out um by in the analysis in the hope that maybe somebody will have the same the same feeling. And because I always believe that an artist for the mo- That's not true. I was going to say, I always believe in artists <laughs> trying to, uh, you know, make their best... They're always trying to put their best yeah. effort out there. The only thing... And it's actually... The only thing that really annoys me um, and the only reason I really would go in on any music is when it's clear that there's a lack of yeah. effort involved. They're throwing music out there. There's not really been any thought put into it, um, especially from an established artist. If it's a brand new artist, then, you know, they're just trying. Yeah. Um, Or there's something really cynical about it. And you see that in a lot of pop music. Um, You see that when people are trying to like, almost make music by committee to try and uh, sort of generate a certain sentiment and you see straight through it, there's an inauthenticity to it. Uh, And I'll go in on that. So, you know, that's why I've been in on some Ed Sheeran records. But most (laughs) of the time, like I'm trying, I mean, I don't make music. I'm not a musician. I'm not a frustrated musician that turned into being a music critic either. Uh, It just wasn't my path in life, so Mm -hmm. I also am kind of in awe of musicians and great musicians and great artists, so uh, for the most part, I have no interest in uh, getting the kind of following from just being negative the whole time, Um, but at the same time, if I really don't like something, I'm going to be honest about it and and say that I don't, because otherwise, then nobody's going to believe me when I say that I do like something. So yeah, it's it's a it's a funny line to travel. it's just kind of my personality, anyway. I'm, I'm yeah. not really into just spending all my time on social media being negative. Um, it's an easy way to get interactions, but I don't yeah, think it's good for yourself.
0: Yeah, there's definitely been negative opinions I've had where I'm I was about to tweet it and maybe I deleted it because I'm like, who cares about what I don't like? I'm here to talk about what I do enjoy. And to the point about reviews, I feel like just 10 years ago, like you just went to Pitchfork or went to Rolling Stone for a review. And I think just the ability to watch someone visually go through listening to the album and hearing their opinion spoken to you, it's just such a better experience than just reading something because it's hard to write a review that really encapsulates how you felt about something. And obviously, Pitchfork has the famous reviews that are Peppa Pig is better than all these famous albums that Mm. everyone (laughs) loves. And it's hard. And there's been albums like I've won a review of artists, and I feel like the music just doesn't need me to rate how good it was. And maybe there was a song I didn't like, but I'd rather talk to that artist about what they went through than Mm. have to go write something up negative about that one chorus that I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: I understand that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to your point about the CDs, I've always, I've talked to my dad about this recently, how in the 2000s, if you bought an album, you you paid $10, you're going to listen to that album. Mm -hmm. You're going to, like, if you didn't like it on first listen, I spent $10 on that. I'm going to run it back and I will find what I like. And it's interesting now, you paid $10 for access to every song ever. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard. It's like, if, if I don't like it on first listen, if I don't like Insano on first listen, I'm going to go to the Boldy James product project. Yes. Because I can get that for, what is it, five cents based on yeah. how much music I listen to. So it's interesting how that's that shifted.
1: Yeah, for sure. If I'd bought Insano, I mean, I'd be a little upset. <laughs> but if I bought Insano, I'd be forcing myself through it plenty so of times to, it. to try and get get as much out of it as I can,
0: yeah. And it's interesting because obviously I've been, like when I got, went through my 90s phase of listening to 90s hip hop music, I'm listening to it way after there was already nuanced opinions about it. And I know a lot, big thing on your page is reactions. And you were obviously going through all of hip hop and all the major albums. And it's so funny to see what songs weren't liked when they came out. But I, have, I don't know those opinions. So famously like Change Clothes by Jay-Z is apparently a hated song produced by Pharrell. I didn't know that. So when I listened to the Black Album for the first time, I'm like, I love this song. And it was so funny seeing that, like, oh, that's not a like song in Jay-Z's mm. catalog. And I'm sure you've experienced that through going through your Hajj of music.
1: So do you mean like um, songs that I've gone on to to discover in the last five years doing reactions and then they weren't necessarily like you- popular from the back catalog?
0: Yeah, like, you love the song when you reacted to it, and maybe someone was like, that's the worst song of the album. Like, everyone hates that Jay-Z song, and you're like, really? Like, that's so funny, because 20 years removed, I think that's a really good song. Yeah, that's it's like more funny... the other
1: way around, to be honest. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, like, I haven't connected, certainly on first couple of listens, with some of Drake's, like, classic um, R&B yeah. cuts from Views Same. and... Uh, you know, I appreciate a Marvin's room, but like, I think how old was I when I first heard Marvin's room? Thirty-eight. Uh, been married for ten years, <laughs> two kids. Like, I'm not in the position where that is going to connect. Yeah. Be at sixteen here in Marvin's room. Very different, I'm sure. So, I appreciate yeah. what it is, but I'm like, this is no relevance to me whatsoever. And yeah. musically, he's made, to me made much more entertaining, much more captivating um, songs. So it's considered a classic sorry a classic from his mm-hmm. back catalog but it's like it did nothing for me absolutely yeah. nothing for me and same with i think fire and desire stuff like that so yeah it's more been the other way around people are like how the, how can you not like that but it's just you know music affects people in different ways at, at yeah. different times in lives as well so sometimes yeah, some- as an older guy it can be a little harder to relate to music that really connect you know a lot of these albums that i've listened to in the last five years reacting um on video um is are albums that meant a lot to people over the last 10 years that i missed from and yeah people get to a certain age it seems to be about 26 and their music taste freezes and yes. there's a lot of reasons for that and you know life work family are the main ones and you start you suddenly hear an artist or a band that is basically being enjoyed by 15-year-olds at a time. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to you. So your instinct's like, fuck all this. This is this is shit. And you hear that all the time. And that's when, like it's happened in hip-hop like two or three times now. Like the old heads didn't like the new yeah. stuff. And now the people who like uh, Cole, Kendrick, and everybody are becoming the old heads. So they don't like, you okay, know. Hip-hop's dead, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The cycle just keeps going like that. Um, so there are songs that I've heard at, you know, in my late 30s and now early 40s that just aren't, going to work for me is if they would have had I heard them when I was you know an angst teenager yeah. and much like there's plenty of songs that I loved as an angst teenager that I can't listen to at all now like I used to be a big Limp Biscuit fan and I'm always honest about that because when I hear some of the artists that people love now and I'm like I can't listen to this and I'm talking about like a, yeah. a Ken Carson or somebody like that he's really doing I, well I don't now get it either. Um, but I'm like Probably, realistically, the only things that people are going to get out of this music when they are 28 and they're having their first kid or whatever is like a a nostalgic moment and then the other people that they knew from back then they go, oh, do you remember when we went to the gig? That's cool, but you probably won't appreciate it in the same way. Some of it will stand the test of time uh, and some of it won't, and that's just normal.
0: Yeah, an opinion that I keep locked up in my head but I'll share it right now is that listening to the Carter Three years after it being people's favorite album ever, I don't like the beats on it. I don't like Lil Wayne's beat selection. I know he is one of the best rappers ever, but it's interesting going back to it, my first listen being 15, 10 years removed. I'm like, I don't I don't like these beats. They sound like 2000s beats, and I'm just not gonna necessarily get into it.
1: Well, that's uh, it. I mean, that's a wild opinion, but you know, that's <laughs> but I listened to the Cart three when it came out. That is one yeah. of the ones that that um, you know that came out just before. I crossed that age threshold for one. yeah, And that was just one of those ones that that made it through. It was the only Little Wayne album I'd heard at the time. I hadn't heard anything before. Um, it was like a friend in a place where I worked yeah. said, you should listen to this. And I just fucking loved it straight away. But it definitely, production-wise, has aged. Um, there is that sort of specific yeah. sound that's just prior to the kind of backpack era, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. That I kind of like it from a nostalgic point of view, that sound. A little and definitely. Very, very early Drake, I guess. And then a bunch of artists like Ludacris and stuff that have that yeah. certain, it's a certain like it's sort of sound in the production or something. I don't exactly know what it is, but it just sounds um, like the 2000s. It sounds worse than the music from before. Like the sample hit you boom bap beat sounds significantly worse. But I, think I, just I, like, I mean like, I'm not saying anything about the car three. That's like an all-time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and I do I do love songs in the car mm. three. Just the beats, they just I think they got in love with like electric synths that just came with like, the, I don't know, their computers and yeah, it just yeah, starts sounding so there digital. Definitely,
1: there's definitely some uh, yeah sonic like touchstones just, that seem yeah. to go through all of the, the music around that time.
0: And you touched on this and I was going to ask you about this later but I think it's a great conversation about how it is natural that, it's the same thing in sports. Everyone, if you're a Michael Jordan fan, you probably grew up watching Michael Jordan. I'm going to say, I think LeBron's a goat. And it's the same thing with music that you tend to love what was in your high school, college, 20s experience. Mm. And, what makes you, how do you get so happy and excited to keep listening to new music? So I assume that's a struggle. I mean, you have a family. I even find it hard to listen to all these independent artists that I do love, but there's so much music coming out. What gets you going?
1: Um, well, I think these days because it's become my job and that's that, just yeah, been, that helps. yeah, I kind of got to, but um, it was really exciting to be honest at first because my music taste had effectively paused and some people were like, How have you not heard take care How have you not heard you know whatever album that's absolutely massive for a generation slightly younger than mine and I was like well th- that album came out literally the same year I had my first child and if you think that I was searching up relatively True. unknown Canadian rappers it's then <laughs> like I mean I hadn't slept for a year like yeah. it just wasn't it wasn't in my um, in my world at all and also Uh, I think it's 2008 I left uh, work to become self-employed. So I've worked basically from home since then. So I didn't have that environment of being in an office with people Uh and sharing stuff, Um, which that was a reason I discovered a lot of music from from working with different... I think that's kind of normal anyway. But what drives me to it, well, what drove me to it then, we started in 2018 um, with the reactions, is hearing a bunch of this music uh, some of which I kind of knew that I would like because, you know, it was like I'd heard some Kendrick Lamar beforehand, so it didn't surprise me that uh-huh. I went on to really like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. I heard some Drake tracks on the radio. It didn't surprise me when I went on to go and enjoy Drake's music, Cole, um, etc. I think I'd heard one Cole song beforehand. Anyway, um, hold on, let me catch my train of thought. Cut this bit out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? I'll get back to, to where I was.
0: I'm just like finding the excitement of listening and finding new music.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what was really surprising uh, in 2018 when we started getting recommended, okay, you, we did Logic first and then Kendrick Cole, whatever. Yeah. And then people are like, you need to listen to Tentacion." You need to listen to this. I mean, it's just been relentless ever since we started with, with recommendations. Uh-huh. But we kept listening to these artists and being like, wow, there's something here that harks back to some of the music that we liked, particularly me. From the 90s, like there's a sort of through line from Kurt Cobain to XXX Tentacion sonically, which really surprised me. And it's like we learned uh, that a lot of these artists had been somewhat influenced by music yeah. that was very important to us, um, that we'd grown up with. And you know, I, I was a hip hop fan, I just had limited hip hop knowledge, um, as well. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting, it was really exciting. It's like, man, there's all of these yeah. amazing albums, whether it's Cole, whether it's like i said drake and obviously since i've been on my own the weekend and um, mac miller you know this travis scott the yeah. stuff that's the, the top viewed on my channel that i would have i mean there's certain things i wouldn't have missed out on obviously i'd have heard some weekend songs yeah. and things but uh you know could have missed out on had it not been through this journey and because of that i always work with the assumption that that's going to happen again There's going to be more artists coming through whatever genre that still speak yeah. to me and i implore people as they get older and, you know, I'm going to be speaking on video and writing about this forever to not just cast aside all of the art of the younger generation. And I'm talking beyond music there because, yeah, you really are. I mean, my mum was telling me my mum's a big music fan and, you know, she's in a she'll she'll kill me for saying this, but she's in a, like mid 60s now <laughs> and um, she still listens to new music. So it's something that I kind of grown up with anyway yeah uh, she's always trying to find like new singer songwriters she loves it like no like, was it noah cayen's the new guy that blew up the yeah. stick season song yeah there's, she's always yeah. i was like have you heard this she already has even at 66 whatever she is um but one of her friends is the same age she says i think the quote was no good music's come out since 1978 which is just the most insane <laughs> like insane. <I> mean, <laughs> that means in my entire lifetime i was born in 82 there has not been a single just good trash. song according to that guy um I mean, I think probably he was being slightly facetious with that statement, yeah. but he refuses to listen to anything past that year. And he's like, you've just missed out on everything. Now, so nobody's much. expecting him to spin Destroy Lonely anytime soon. <laughs> but like yeah. that means he didn't listen to Nirvana. That means he didn't listen to, like, I don't know, you know, cl- classic Class- music from the 80s. Just so much. The Smiths, like, it's just... Yeah. It, Crazy you know, but, um, but, but people get like that. People my age yeah. now that are in my normal life, like you know, the dads on a school run, people from the gym, um, they don't listen to new music. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's just it doesn't exist to them. They don't even know who the artists that have been around for a decade plus are, let alone yeah. who's coming through in 2024. Um super common, and I implore people. Uh notice it, because it will happen, it happens to everyone, seemingly. Notice it and then make a concerted effort, it doesn't take much effort now with Spotify, with YouTube, yeah. with you know, channels like mine and podcasts it, like yours, to, to find something that you might like, and then you can start bouncing off that. You don't have to learn everything all at once, maybe people get overwhelmed, where go, okay, I need to know everything for the last 15 years, and that's kind of how, what I'm like, yeah. um, which is good and bad, good because it makes you do a YouTube channel bad because it's, <laughs> it can be a bit overwhelming, but you'll know, you find something, you'll find something, you will. Yeah. I mean, a good mate of mine who's, who's almost as old as me paused for a while, had kids, and now he's really getting back into like the new UK sort of post punk, um, post rock scene because it's amazing. Yeah. And most of the fans of those bands are in their early 20s, and we're not, but it doesn't matter. The music is the music, right?
0: Yeah. It's the most fun thing finding a new song and sending it to a friend, and they actually like it. And you're like, yes. Yeah, it's a taste. risk.
1: It's a risky move because. Well, they yeah, don't answer, it sucks. Yeah, or they don't answer, or they like, I like, I'm terrible. My friend, he says it's the same friend, he sends me music all the time and like, my, I just always want to say like I hate it, even if I like it just because, I don't know, it's yeah, just, just <laughs> to be horrible. <laughs> I know you
0: mean. And it's funny because it's the same thing with my experience of listening to like J. Cole mixtapes and Logic mixtapes when I was in high school. And it's funny because that was my introduction to 90s rap. It wasn't 90s rap, then these mixtapes. Mm. It was, oh, what is this beat that Logic's freestyling over? Oh, that's a Craig Mack song? What's that? or listening to a song, I'm like, or listening to Jay-Z now, his catalog, and he says, ugh, nice watch. I'm like, oh, that's where J. Cole got that line from. That's mm-hmm. so interesting. And that's why it's been so fun to me. It's like finding little Easter eggs in rap music. yeah. And I don't know, it gets me so excited. Like, oh, that's that Jay-Z line he was interpolating.
1: Yeah, and that's cool. And then you get to go down those rabbit holes. And uh, like, I think, because of the way that we're, I'm going on a slight tangent here, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll come back no, to my I love point, I promise. Um, I think the way we're taught in school, I mean, seemingly American high school is quite similar to, to British school. Uh, everything's in kind of a linear fashion. You learn from A to B and yeah. then we do this, whether whatever the subject is. But in real life, we actually learn in a completely non-linear sort of way. And yeah. we bounce around from things and then kind of create like uh, more knowledge in our mind and piecing it all together. We, we don't just have to go in a straight line. You don't have to listen to the first cool cool g rap song and then end up at playboy karty like (laughs) like you say you can hear this and then there's a sample from there and that takes you here and then that takes you there and then oh that that was a like from a classic rock song from the 70s like and then you end up at you know that happened to me the public enemy did um he got game which is old now and that had a sample from Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, which my mum grew up listening to. We saw the uh-huh. video at the same time. She was pissed off because I don't know why. She thought they were ripping them off or something. That's how yeah. people thought about sampling back in the day. Yeah. But it made me go and like find like that song. I was like, oh, that's a really good song as well. And then kind of bounced off there and then, yeah, and it and that never ends. And that is also the way I I, I consume everything these days. So I think you just gotta. You just got to open the first door and just let it in, and yeah. you, some, some of it will stick, not all of it, and yeah, and some of it yeah. will shit as well, but that's yeah.
0: fine. I think, before we get into the playlist title, one last comment on this. It's interesting that there is this like slight People get really angry when you haven't listened to an album before. I'm sure you've experienced this, and people are like, you don't have the right to talk about hip-hop if you never talked about If you never listened to this song, which makes no sense. As long as you respect the culture and try to do as much research as you can, I can't listen to every album ever. Yeah. And I know recently Jack Harlow got in trouble because he didn't listen to Brandy. And I'm like, why would 10 year old Jack Harlow be listening to Brandy? Like, yeah. it's just, why can't would he listen he be to doing? Brandy
1: now? Like, if you yeah, didn't listen to it, kind of go, oh, can, yeah, no, and maybe he will love now. it. It's not difficult to find, right? Oh, okay. And then, yeah, it's just, people wanna, um, people wanna you know, just, Find a reason to tear somebody down when yeah. instead of looking in, inwards at themselves. And that's such an easy way for somebody to to have something over somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um move, i guess we need to get into your intro thing because we yeah. <laughs> probably did into the meat <laughs> of the podcast. But now yeah, I've got amazing. thoughts on that as well.
0: But John, you know how we started the podcast, I guess midway through the podcast, is doing a playlist title of the week to kind of highlight a new song we've been loving and kind of how we're feeling. So what is highlighting your playlist this week?
1: Okay, so highlighting my playlist this week is uh, a band called Yard Act uh, from Leeds in the okay. UK. Not super okay. indie, but um, you know they're they're, they're not exactly world renowned yet. Uh, they just released sorry they just released a new single on Monday, uh, yesterday as we record this, called We Make Hits, and they're just evolving their sound, bringing in some uh, ver- some similar sonics to like LCD Sound System, mm-hmm. but lyrically. They're just fantastic. I all I wonder if people outside of Britain and the UK will appreciate their lyrics because it's so like esoterically English and British. But it's just there's a kind of wit and um, sarcasm and uh, it's just I can't think of the exact uh, word that I'm looking for. But it reminds me of bands like Pulp. Um, Just a real like clever look at the way the world actually is right now and a rare quality to the writing, as well as top musicianship. Don't know if it's for everybody, um, but, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for the new yeah. record.
0: I have a question. So do you ever get the issue of not understanding American slang? Because if, like, I'm listening to Dave, and saying his new song, he said, um, I loaned the nine like I s- sold the striker. Like, I knew it was a soccer reference, but I didn't yeah. I had to fully get it because I'm, I'm not a soccer fan. Do you run into that issue of, like, oh, what does that even mean?
1: Yeah, basically, first year of Rock Reacts was studying – Studying, uh, but almost like a whole new language, right? So it was different American slang, different American slang, like locally, Atlanta compared to Chicago, compared to New York, compared to wherever. And then the generationally as well. So Mm -hmm. phrases we used in 90s hip hop that died out, new phrases in 2010s hip hop, whatever. Now I pretty much hear it like normal language. I don't really have to think about it. But then when I started really getting into like the UK scene, I had to study, because like where I'm from down in the south coast of England, it has different, because England's so old as well. Like it's, you can go 30 minutes down the road and there's a different accent, different colloquialisms, different sayings, different slang. Um, Even in different parts of London, there's completely different slang. But there's like some ubiquitous sort of rap based uh, UK slang. Some of it comes from like Jamaican patois. Some of it comes from, like, you know, um, sort of Nigerian immigration.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, it's just, I mean, it's such a melting pot in London anyway. And so I had to learn all of this stuff as well. Uh, completely new slang. Um, yeah. And then if you don't understand the, the football references, a lot of UK rap can be diffi- difficult because it's just easy wins. Um, yeah. for, for UK rappers, that, that'll be the line that people react to, that shout out, that tweet. Yeah. Um, if you do a slick football line, because it's just, it is, you know, a central part of the culture here and basically yeah. everywhere apart from america
0: but
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah when no i first heard that when i heard that line i knew it was this i knew it was a soccer reference sorry for saying mm. soccer not respecting your we culture don't mind. <laughs> soccer's but actually
1: from england anyway that it, yeah it, it, that's not there americanism
0: and like i knew it was soccer but i'm like i guess i'm guessing a nine is the position of the striker yeah on it's it's the it, pitch
1: yeah, yeah nine is a, the striker yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, well for my playlist title of the week it was my guest the previous week ben Beal. Um, based, he's from New York, lives in California right now. He's been doing a new series where he releases a song every single week and goes on Twitch, and the fans help give him like references to put in the song, which is really cool. The most recent one is Articuno. It's very lo-fi rap, and it's just a really good way of building a community of having the fans feel like they are a part of helping make that song. And I thought it was such a smart business idea. And also, I just know how big, how great it feels when an artist responds just to my tweet and. They sometimes they maybe they forget about how how cool it is to a kid when they're noticed by their favorite artist and how just like responding to people can be great and I think that was really cool of him that he's having people be a part of the process of song making. Nice. And I, and I think you do a great job of that of building a community and actually communicating with your fans. Like really yeah, I think I like it's
1: just, to. It's, it, it's it's fun. It's normal for me. Yeah, I like to I mean most of, I made the decision a long time ago. That I won't respond to um, song requests, like reaction requests, because yeah. it was especially when Rock Reacts was going super viral. Um, mm. It was literally on every single thing that I wrote would be, and I was like, I can't. Yeah. I have to make a sort of line in the sand. I'm not going to respond to any of these. But normal stuff is so you know people often DM me um, or or sort of reply to me nice things. Um, I try and get into the YouTube comments a bit, but I, YouTube comments can it's be. A Yeah, because it's quite often not from the fans as well. Like, if, yeah, it's weird to say fans, but like people who follow me from the community, they tend to speak to me on Twitter, X, uh, places like that, much more, um, much more inclined to to see that and and chat. But yeah, it's super normal. Like, I'm a fan of people. Do you know, I always say that's the the mindset I have. I'm a fan of people too. I'm a fan of creators, loads of creators. I'm a fan of podcasters. I'm a fan of all sorts of people. So uh, yeah, super cool. if you can get a reply uh, or a conversation and yeah, it, it, it's normal. Most people are, are pretty chill and, uh, and nice when uh, they reach out. So
0: yeah,
1: um, I recognize yeah. loads of names that have been following me for years now, which is,
0: which is awesome. That's, awesome. that's sick. I remember when I was like 14, I tweeted at Logic, like it's my birthday and he wrote happy birthday. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Logic just cool, said right? happy birthday to me. Yeah, I think I posted it on Instagram. I was like, I'm him that's me yeah
1: yeah, but that's but that's real though that's like it's good for artists I think as well to hear stories like that sometimes because you know it can I'm sure be quite relentless with if you're so big that you can't go out of the house without being swarmed yeah Um, I'm certainly not (laughs) I don't have that problem (laughs) but um, you know I think it's really important for them to hear stories like that just to remember what the impact that they can have and yeah when it can be a bit exhausting sometimes that yeah how much it can mean and if they can put themselves in the shoes as well of what it felt like back then if they, well, we couldn't back then when I was young, reach yeah. out to to famous people in the same way that we can now. But I still have that, man. Like even if, you know, obviously I've had some amazing interactions in the last 12 months yeah. with very famous people. But um, even people that just content creators of similar size or smaller than me, if they, if they reply to a DM and I'm reaching out, oh, it still feels good, you know, it feels cool.
0: Yeah. Well, as we start 2024, we're in the second week. This will be the third week by the time this comes out what are your most anticipated albums for the year? I could list, there's a bunch. I mean, Playboy, I'm not a Playboy Cardi fan, but that seems to be the biggest thing on my Twitter feed right now, mm-hmm. all these releases. We just got the Kid Cudi album that, I'm not the huge Kid Cudi fan anymore. That used to be like soundtrack to my life, my goat. Yeah. But but who are you, who's John Denton excited for?
1: Um, so I've been saying this at the beginning of every year. If Frank Ocean <laughs> releases a record, yeah. I'm there for it, obviously. Uh, in terms of stuff that we know is coming out, um, slightly sidestepping from, from hip-hop and r and a little bit. Uh already spoken about Yardak. They've got a record coming out soon. And Idol's new album is coming out soon. That's going to be produced again by Kenny Beats. And they're just a powerhouse. Um, yeah, almost everything they've put out has been top tier. So, yeah, in terms of the near future, uh, excited for those. In terms of for the channel, like I'm interested in the in the Carti album. Listen, I, I, I've done some fun and popular reactions to his music but I think the audience knows that I'm not listening to Boy Carty all the time like in the same way that they are. I think I'm pretty upfront about that as well but he is an artist that I appreciate that he has some sort of magic that people connect with and there are other artists that do amazing numbers as well that appeal to a young audience like NBA Youngboy that I just think "Mm, there's nothing here for me. There's there's, there's nothing here for me but Carty has a kind of punk aesthetic in his simplicity to his music, that is so almost so like willfully, um, it's so willfully like anti-true art. Like I mean, that sounds like really unfair. But like I said, that I, I know reacted know. to his latest song today, and I was like, lyrically, this is like true. It's awful. Like there's, let's not pretend yeah. that it's anything but awful. But it's not trying to be anything but awful. But yeah. he has a, he has some sort of magic that connects people to his music, and so. In the times where I had a few drinks, I don't drink anymore, but on those the previous albums I, I I had some drinks and just let myself let the music wash over me, you know? Yeah. Uh, don't try and judge it too much. Don't try and analyse it too much. And when I've done that, I continue to kind of carry that with me with his music. And I think I just have positive feelings around him as an artist because you know, it might just be because every time I react to his music, I get loads of views on <laughs> YouTube. And then there's some of his fans appreciate there's some old boy from England yeah. that that kind of um you know, it's co-signing what what, what is important to them. And, and that's a nice feeling as well. Um, where you know somebody older or somebody who's been around is like getting you. You know, you, you feel seen when you're young, right? Yeah. If somebody out there, you do. I remember that feeling as well. So I think that, that that's part of it. So I'm excited for the album, but not because I'm gonna to listen to it loads or yeah. probably much literally outside of the reaction. Um, that might upset some people, but I think I've think i been upfront about that. But yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to bang on the channel. And then, of course, the main one, number one, assuming it happens, there's been teases and rumors and noise and suggestions. You know, if Able does a new album this year, then that is going to be, excuse me, that is going to be an absolutely massive video for my channel. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. And um, yeah, just the, the general buzz around an album of that size, that yeah. scale, that scope. Um, is really exciting to be a part of as well just the entire community buzzing at the same time so yeah it's that one
0: I think such a cool part about music is that we all listen to it and hear different things some mm-hmm. person might be focusing the drums, someone might be focusing the ad-libs, some might be focusing the words and that's why I, I'm not a Playboy Cardi fan necessarily but I had a content creator named Bryce Fitz on who was a big Cardi fan so I was really excited to hear like what do you listen for and for him it's like the ad-libs like he loves that I'm like oh that's, that's interesting. so interesting like what you look for into it for me I went through like my lyrical miracle phase it used to be all lyrics so I got but then I got into the instrumental and jazzy stuff and I was studying the jazz music so I'm like to pimpa butterfly this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life I heard it differently than when I first listened to it a year prior I think that's the fun part of hip-hop it's just hearing or not just hip-hop music in general mm. so everyone listens for a different reason
1: yeah agreed um I I said that let me, let me catch my words right. Yeah, for if you come from a rock background, right, um, you kind of are not accustomed to tuning into lyrics, really. One, they can, oh. can be hard to understand. Two, often yeah. they're not really meant to say much. That's not the case for every song. But there's plenty of rock songs out there where lyrically it's just written to sound good to the music. Yeah, and you tend to be locked in sonically to the instrumentals, the riffs, and the combination of everything together. So I think it, it can be hard for people who come from a rock background. When they start listening to hip-hop, they just hear the instrumentals. They can't even yeah. hear the lyrics. Like You can't, yeah, fast, you can't tune into it. Like, it. Yeah. So um, it took a long time to tune my hip-hop. Even I've yeah. listened to The Blueprint, Loza Kanye, um, Lil Wayne, etc. from before, plenty of hip-hop over the years. But I, I didn't really hear the lyrics in the same way. I just yeah. enjoyed the instrumentals, the flows, and that sort of stuff. And I think that's why a lot of people who aren't massively into the lyrical side of hip-hop tend to um, immediately gravitate towards the rappers who can rap really fast. Like when Eminem yeah. does it, when Logic does it, and a few It's others. like percussion. Because, yeah, it, it, sounds, it sounds really cool. But then when you tune your ear in lyrically and no guys that are doing that, you're like, you're saying nothing and it just sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, you listen to like dead end hip hop talk about something like that. And that's, they're like, this is just nonsense to nonsense, me. And then you yeah. get those clashes there, but it is, you're just hearing it from you sort of, it, it's, it, I think it's probably to do with your like reticular activation system. Like what you focus on, Um, you are focusing literally on different parts of the music, which is yeah. why I've struggled. I think with some of the crap lyrical music that's, coming out recently because he's uh, my, my ears are tuned into what you're saying and what you're saying is utter shit and if also what you're saying is not on beat i can't hear it anymore yeah so i, I don't like know that. why like i think Carti being on beat is a big plus <laughs> like if he wasn't on beat i couldn't listen to it over. and some of his stable like label mates aren't on beat either and i'm like i just come on anyway yeah. we're, we're, that's not what the question you asked but um <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's part of it it's an interesting conversation because there's a time and place for all music. So Bryce was like, listen to a whole lot of Red in the gym. And I didn't. Honestly, I was like, I like that way more than when I listen to it mm-hmm. in a different circumstance. And I give a quick funny anecdote. <clears throat> I wrote a song about my family. I recorded it, showed it to my mom. And she was like, after the song, she's like, Adam, that was beautiful. But like, she's like, I would love to hear a song written about me. And I'm like, that whole song was a, was about you. Because she just couldn't pick up words. Like, that's yeah. just not her skill set. Right. Like, I'm like, that. <laughs> I, she's like, Do you have the lyrics? I'm like, I'll show you the lyrics. Because mm. she could not pick up that the whole song was about our family. And it's like, that's Yeah, funny. she's not. That's, yeah, but it's true, though, so, right? Um, but for me, my most anticipated albums of the year Anderson Pack thinks we forgot about No Worries that he's been teasing for two years. Like, he thinks he can just tease the sequel and not drop it. Uh, he's dropped two singles. We have not forgot. Uh, no Worries, the first one, is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, Suede is probably my favorite song ever. I, like, I told you I just had a job interview. Like That's what I'm playing before just to get myself hyped up. Oh, nice. So no worries too. Knowledge, we need it. Uh, a mixture of the Jid and Metro project and Jid Forever in a Day, both mm. those mixtapes. He said he's going to be dropping all year, and I, he's just one of the best artists I've ever heard in my life, I, like rapping-wise. He's crazy. Yeah. I have, this, I have this take that Now some don't agree with it, But I think there's certain artists. If you threw them in the '90s with their albums, they would be looked at as huge classic albums. I feel that way about Freddie Gibbs. Like, put his Alfredo bandana, put them all in the '90s, and like that's one of the best rappers ever. But now that's being done so far after, kind of like that hip hop being so important. People don't really look at it as like this is one of the best hip hop albums ever.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, I I agree with that. There's uh, there's certain artists like that aren't even on the level of Jid in terms of popularity or, or fame. Um, Rome Streets Kiss the Ring if that came out in the so 90s good. would be on the same right? level as like some of the greats true greats they're, they're, they're held up and you know platinum records it's unbelievably good um, the more I listen to it it just keeps getting better and better like he is lyrically it's just his uh, skill level his uh, ability to fold rhymes it's MF Doom level um, his it's subject insane. matters aren't as like weird and esoteric as MF Doom it's much more streets and grease. but yeah it's just like, honestly, I just can't believe how good that album is. I mean, I've listened to a bunch of uh, the rest of his music and it's all really good. And uh, sometimes he doesn't quite go that hard lyrically. But that album just felt like, okay, here we go. Every so, single yeah. song, I'm going in. Conductor, unbelievable beats throughout most of the project. It's and insane. Yeah, that, I, I just think that could have been plucked from that era. And it would be a yeah. true Like considered a true classic. It is a classic, but That's people a, don't know about it.
0: A lot of those Griselda projects, I'm you put any of those guys in the 90s and put what would Sheen Gun do in the 90s with the three of them rapping on that collab album, mm-hmm. that's what I think would be looked at as one of the best albums ever. And lastly, my most anticipated, I'm not sure, you, I don't think you've reviewed this artist before, so this would be me telling you. I would love to see a review at one, one time. Smino is one of my favorite artists ever. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, he's like in the J.I.D. Dreamville type of yeah, rapping. Yeah, I've
1: done... Um Couple of his records, but I don't know if they're on the main channel. They may just be on okay. Patreon exclusives. Patreon.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite artists ever. Just similar to Jadie, his phrasing, his singing ability, and his rapping ability. He's one of my favorite artists ever. So he's been teasing the f- sequel to his mixtape. She already decided for a while, and yeah, he's he's just one of my goats. I love him. Nice. So, what is the community of fellow Reactors like? Like, do you? I know you. I want to talk about you working with Turning the Tables because. Similar to your concept originally of like people who love rock music, listen to hip hop. What a smart idea for them to do. Dad being shown music from his son's love and there's people like Sean C, um, Shaq, I'm forgetting his full YouTube name. Yeah, uh, people like Shaq. Fan- yeah. Yeah. Fantano does it. But do you guys communicate? Like what's that community like for you? Um, so obviously I have
1: a good relationship with uh, Kevin and Connor uh, from Turning the Tables. Um, i never really spoken to Shaq. I think, um, I think we had a brief falling out on Twitter, but I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he doesn't either. Uh, He's done amazingly well. Uh, I think he's over 4 million now and, um, yeah, he reacts to, he knows exactly what he's doing and he does it very well, but I don't have any interaction with him. Sean's someone I've never spoken to apart from like the odd tweet. I'm pretty sure he knows who I am, so I know who he is, but Uh we've never communicated in, in DM. Um, and then like I get on pretty well with some of the UK guys, Lisa, the VI. I'm very, uh, very good friends with, um, uh, Dan and Kaz, uh, I chat to those guys as well. I don't know how much of a splash they've made over in America. And then there was some reactors who are not with us anymore. That makes it sound like they're dead. They're not dead. They just yeah. gave up, <laughs> which I can understand because, uh, you know, it's very difficult to do this even when your channel yeah. is big. So, uh, guy called xx young lord xx he used to uh, it was got to like 400k subs him and um his housemate his flatmate uh back in like 2018 when rock react started um they just stopped which i can understand yeah. because yeah if they're uh, well unfortunately because i was much older when i started i kind of had ideas of how to make money around it because i had a lot of experience in the working world and you know, elements of business and I've been a freelancer for a long time. But if I'd been 21 and blown up like those guys were and didn't really have any other ideas about how to make money outside of YouTube and YouTube isn't making money, um, then I would have given up as well. But, yeah, I probably best relationships with um, CDTV from Scotland who, oh. uh, yeah, it's just easy. I think I just saw, him, saw his videos, um, saw some tweet he made the piss out of it, even though he didn't know who I was really, and I didn't know who he was. But because he's Scottish and they have a great sense of humor, uh, it was immediate good banter, and yeah. then you know, everybody who followed us both enjoyed it, and then we just kind of maintained that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say probably in terms of a community, it's a bit disparate, I wouldn't say it's uh-huh. like a super tight knit community, yeah. Um, and I th- you know, a lot of us have been doing it for a while, so lots of people have come and gone, you know. There's some people who are massive, and now they barely do it. And then you'll see their videos pop up now and then. There's a lot of people who did it as their main focus, like Sean. And now Sean's more focused. He still does it, but he's more focused on topic videos where he can make money, and he streams. Um, uh-huh. So it's a strange one because, it's, say, the gaming community, that have all grown up together. And then yeah, the channels have got finally. big. They're able to get big through AdSense and everything, So yeah. and then help each other and collab and stuff. Whereas we've all had to figure out different ways to do it in order to, to keep going. Obviously, Anthony's different because he's a reviewer that also now reacts yeah. to music on stream. Um, and then I'm seeing Kaisina is doing uh, like uh, stream reactions as well. And they're uh-huh. doing mad views. Obviously, Dante's been at it forever. And he's doing amazingly well and doing mad views. They've kind of crossed over. And I think Anthony has as well crossed over into that. There's some sort of line where people go from being content creator, YouTuber that have an audience. And it could be like my audience is an mental amount of people but something happens when you go past the line and you just become YouTuber with a capital Y and suddenly you're like just a face that's known and it doesn't massively matter what your subject is like a Kai Sinat or an Anthony uh, or some of the big guys they could shift and do something completely different as long as it's trending and do insane numbers of views whatever it is so I don't know what that line is or when it happens But, yeah, those guys have passed over. But I always did worry that as much as it's frustrating that the labels take the AdSense revenue from all the reactions, and I did a brief calculation of what the channel should have earned, uh, and, yeah, it was very upsetting. But um, (laughs) at the same time, I think that has been the thing that stopped truly big YouTubers. Um, For example, like, you know, KSI over here, Sidemen over here, Like, uh, you know, just massive guys in America, all the way up to to a Mr. Beast, from doing what is ostensibly, if you're that big, the audience is just keen to see you listen to the thing. You don't need to go deeper with the analytics, be analytical and insightful and stuff like that. Like, you know, I haven't watched Kai Cena's reactions, but like, I'm going to back myself in terms of as a pure reactor trying to say something intelligent about every song, I reckon I'm better. I've got way more experience than he (laughs) doesn't do. I've done over a thousand videos. He's a way better streamer fucking extrovert than me be so big that he's getting three, four million views on a reaction. But there's a world where every big YouTuber could do that on a big album, a big trending album and kill, not kill us because we're still going to have people to follow us, but it will damage us in the algorithm, you know, yeah. because there's a bunch of people who watch my videos regardless and I love them all for it. But there's a bunch of people and we're all like this with the content creators that we like that will not see it on the few page and then just not think about it, it won't even cross their mind, and then the video just doesn't get the same reach that it would, that's just YouTube. And it's nothing that they've, they haven't they have stopped liking my videos or anything. It's, everything's exactly the same. But if there's, like, suddenly 12 videos that are all for massive, massive YouTubers that have decided to step into our world for a while, then that would be really, really difficult. That's why nobody can break yeah. through as a gaming creator now. <clears throat> you know, good luck. If you're going to be a gaming creator that's going to make like Warzone or Fortnite videos, good fucking luck. No chance. Like you might break through, uh, you know, if you're super hot girl or like the best, literally the best player or just hilariously funny, um, like a speed, there may be, but like that's a one in one, one every two years. Whereas, yeah, so as frustrating as it is, I think it's also been the reason that, the people who've managed to break through have been able to break through because it stopped the truly big people from doing yeah. it. Because they're probably listening to those records, right? They'll listen to New Drake or you yeah. know, New Dave or whatever it is. But it's not worth it to them to, to do it on their video because they're so tuned to, I make this video, I get this amount of views, I make this much money. Why would I do it if I'm not going to get that third part? Yeah. So everything has pluses and neg- uh, minuses. Yeah.
0: That was kind of the thought process for this podcast. Like, Cole lo- Cole's my favorite. I love if J Cole drops an album, I'm gonna love to talk about it. But I can't go in there and expect people want to see me talk about it because they already have their set people that they know they want to watch talk mm-hmm. about J Cole. So that kind of changed my focus to a more niche topics because I know how I would feel if I saw I don't know a Boldy James review because you don't always see bigger channels do a Boldy James review or a Boldy mm-hmm. James reaction or something. So that was kind of the thought process of like, oh, let me try to be the more niche guy with independent artists because. I love talking about J. Cole, but I can't expect that my J. Cole video can compare to Fantano's review of a J. Cole album.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, it's all about finding people who are going to connect with you on those things. And niching is, I mean, music's so big that you can niche quite well. And yeah. then you can expand from there and it can get to the point where people will be going, well, yeah, but what do you think of the new J. Cole record? We want to know that too. And yeah. then, yeah, then you're, you're you're free and ready to, to do all of that. but. Yeah, smart finding an angle. And this is a there's not actually that many of this, these about music, modern music, you know, video podcasts out there right now. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, a smart move.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, when it comes to communication with the labels, have you ever done this or thought of this of doing a partnership with them? Because in some cases you might be bigger than an artist that is that you are reacting to, and there could be a nice partnership between let me monetize off of reacting to your music, but I'm going to get you exposed to so many people who would have never heard your music.
1: Um, So it's an interesting one. I get reached out to a lot to do to cover artists all the time, like every single day. And then I also get reached out to by labels to do paid reactions for stuff that I wouldn't necessarily cover. And my mindset is, because I come from journalism and I come from uh, magazines and stuff before this, it's just a, it's a slippery slope. Like it's, you know, it may be yeah. harmless and it may be fine to do it all time. Or you may say, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to still be honest about the music, but it's a slippery slope, you know, um, yeah. I'd much rather not do that and remain authentic. And so when I say something about an artist or a band or music or any other topic that people know that it's not in collaboration with the labels, now, if it's a situation where a label's going to reach out and go, um, you know, the new whoever's, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say anybody specific, but like our big artist is releasing the album on Friday, um, basically speaking to me like they would a pitchfork or a magazine back in the day, here, you mm-hmm. know, here's the pre release on Tuesday, here's the embargo to, to release, like that'd be yeah. great because then I wouldn't have to fucking do it on the Friday and I could uh-huh. work like that. And that's fine, that's a professional relationship. But, um in terms of getting working directly in partnership with a label to get an artist's exposure, it's not my job to do that. It's my job to speak and be honest and speak for the audience and hopefully, a good byproduct is that it gets artists' exposure but yeah that's I don't see that as the second that you start thinking that's your job, then you're becoming um a, you're working in PR you're not working yeah. in uh, in content anymore so. Yeah, that's the. I, I. To be honest, I see. I'm not going to call out names, but I know there's a lot of people who have big Twitter accounts and X accounts that get paid to suddenly uh, produce uh, random tweets about artists that I know they don't really like the songs. And there's no hashtag ad. And um, listen, I. I I'm not going to fucking destroy your bag, but at the same time, like people see through it, and I just don't want to do that. So, I don't. I mean, I actually wrote in my bio on Instagram for ages, I don't do paid reactions, but I've taken it out just because I wanted to write something else and you only get so many characters. <laughs> but in, like, I just, I get ice yeah. all the time, all the time. People have got like 50, 60k, they're coming through, yo, I want to pay for a reaction on the channel. And it's like, it's not happening. Like, uh, you're just going to have to be, get, yeah. get bigger, do better. And unfortunately... <laughs> In the days where there were magazines and you could sell a magazine on the Drake interview and then have pages or little sections in the magazine talking about some smaller artist, when it's on a video per video basis, I can't make a video about a smaller artist. It's I, it, I just can't because it's not going to get any views, and that's yeah. not just damaging for that video. It can be damaging for the channel, which is a real um, it's a real issue with coverage style channels on YouTube, you know, like that's why mm-hmm. everything homogenizes towards big stuff and you don't get as much coverage of small artists. I mean, Fantano is brilliant because he will cover small stuff because he just, he doesn't care and he knows that the big videos will tentpole his channel. Like they, you know, uh-huh. when a big artist and a big review comes out, it's going to do enough views that he can still cover smaller it's stuff. Not- and also yeah. he gets enough views on his roundup videos that he can talk about small, small stuff. So he's almost like a magazine in himself. Uh uh-huh. but nobody else can really do that right now. You know, he's been doing this for like 13, 14 years. Um, but even then I'm sure if a YouTube strategist got hold of Fantano and he actually listened to him, which he wouldn't, um, they would (laughs) be like, stop doing this right now. You know, like every single time you do one of these videos that only gets 12, 13,000 views compared to your videos that get 500 K, you're damaging your your momentum within the algorithm. Get rid of all of them, only do this. And you'll be, that's what a YouTube strategist would say to him. I'm sure. Um, and that's a shame, but like when your channel is doing instead of 500k for uh, you know an averagely big video, it's 50k, and then the small videos are not 20k, they're you know potentially four or five k. You do a few of those in a row, and your channel's like in the algorithm, you know, it just shrinks down, and you have to uh-huh. work really hard to get it back out, so it's hitting as many impressions and. It's it's a mad game, but that's why everything just focuses on the big stuff. And then the big, big channels, not you know outside of music, only do big trending shit or massive yeah. productions. And yeah, that's what it is.
0: It's funny uh, you mentioned the Twitter people. I was going to mention that a little bit. It's just it's it's funny how obvious it is because they all tweeted at the same time. Like, have you listened to the new Lud Tyler? There was like one day where Lud Tyler was yeah. everywhere in my Twitter feed. I'm like, who is this guy? And the amount of
1: times I've deleted the tweet. And it's only because I get almost some of them It's only because I get almost some of them and you know, I've messaged a couple privately and I'm like, I don't know if this is the best move, but I understand, you know, you gotta pay rent, but
0: like I haven't made money off of this yet, so I don't know how I think a lot some of them get paid a lot of money. Like if someone offered me multiple thousands of dollars just to casually tweet about an album that's decent, I don't know what I would do. We'll, there, we'll see figure. We'll like, let's not pretend
1: that there isn't a number because you know i'm not going to do that but if someone goes john we're going to pay you like seven million dollars to tweet about low tyler and i'm like I will, fucking, what's i'll be his biggest fan I'll yeah like, I'll go on i mean realistically him. there's a number but <laughs> the number is a lot higher for me than i think people would think it is and that's not that's not to say that because of my overall revenue it's just it's unusually high because it means selling out, and it to me it truly does mean selling out. And I feel like after all this time, if I did it, um, people would see it straight away. And I think losing even ten percent of the trust of my audience I built up for, excuse me, I built up for five six years, it's just not worth it. It's not worth yeah. it at all. Unless it's, it's like $7 in- million, uh, yeah, yeah. UMG. If you want to pay me $7 million to promote La I will do that, to be fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's interesting when like, it's a good person. So recently there's an artist who's been everywhere named um, Four Bats. If you've seen the guy with the really high-pitched voice, they pitch his voice down or up.
1: I, I could, if they've been doing it, then I just won't click on it. as a. I, I can see but it. I can see when they've done the the, the promo thing. Yeah. So it's actually a, it's a negative for me because I will not click on whatever the artist yeah. is. I won't hear it. But yeah,
0: sure. It's, it's interesting because it's actually a good song. And then like, yesterday I saw he's talking to Kanye and I'm like, I, this this is a crazy... Was, oh yeah, he I only saw has...
1: that. I saw that he was talking to Kanye, yeah. Yeah, he only has four songs
0: out and they're like a minute and a half long. And I'm like, on one hand, like it's annoying that all these people tweet about it. But like it is good music and it's insane how fast this person went from just dropping four short songs to like mm. talking to Kanye.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, good for yeah. him. Um, I want to end on a fun topic, and I will link this video below because I don't expect you to go through the whole thing that you've already discussed. But you were invited by The weekend to go to his show. That's one of your favorite artists, and you've reviewed him multiple times. So I don't want you to explain the whole backstory because people can go click on your video and watch the full thing. But how cool of an experience was that that someone you reacted to actually enjoyed your reaction to the music and then getting to meet the man himself in person?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one of the... The maddest things about doing this pretty much since the beginning was some of the artists seeing and reacting to the fact that we'd reacted or, you know, speaking about the fact that, they'd, that we'd reacted to the music and then me or my own reacted to the music and massively gratifying whoever it was. I think the very first person who acknowledged what I was doing back when Rock Reacts was a channel was JPEG Mafia. Um, I think he maybe knew who my partner Simon was because he was like a wrestling fan and Simon did uh-huh. those other wrestling videos. But regardless and you know then it's happened more and more over the years but that moment when i got out of i was in jiu-jitsu uh, training and i got out and my phone was blowing up and it's because just before i got in loads of people have been tagging me in this video of him from coachella doing the slow sunglasses thing which is obviously like a trademark yeah. from my videos and i've done it on yeah. my videos reacting to his music um so for a joke, I just put, just say you're a fan, Abel. Because I, I knew that <laughs> would bang on Twitter. I didn't think yeah, yeah, yeah. he would see that. I was just like, well, that's going to bang on Twitter. Right. Phone in a pocket. Go to the gym. And I come out and obviously if you follow me and you've followed me for a while. Um, yeah, he goes. yeah. What did he just put? Like the sunglasses emoji or something? I've had so many interactions yeah. with him now. I can't exactly remember what it is. And I'll find like, a tweet. F- it will be personal. Yeah.
0: That's That's awesome. There's nothing like... People you admire also admiring your work. So that was ah.
1: insane straight and away.
0: He's the biggest artist ever. So that's even yes.
1: crazy. Um so that happened. And, and I was like, okay, well, just I'm going to DM him because I'm 99 percent sure he won't see it. He's got like 70 million Instagram followers or whatever it is, but seem why wouldn't I? I mean, worst going yeah. happen worst thing that's gonna happen is it just doesn't get seen, which is almost definitely gonna happen. DM Tim's like, well, I can't remember exactly what I said, like, thank you so much for doing this. You know, obviously, a huge fan. Um, I can't remember what I said. And then, literally, within five minutes, two DMs back. And uh, at that point, I was that, that was the moment. The first one was wild, but that was the one that sent the shivers down my spine. Like, the whole body was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then, yeah, just a, 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 some conversations in the DMs, a bit more back and forth online. And then, yeah, ends with um, the invite to, to the London show. Um, that was hoping maybe i'd at, get to meet him yeah. it wasn't quite explicit whether that was going to happen um made a video about that he saw that video and then it's a it was a video about how i because i like to like trojan horse some some like self-improvement stuff in my videos yeah. if, you, if you know I me, mean, that's kind of a thing anyway um and it was more about like how you know i sort of push myself out of my comfort zone to make videos in the first place and and etc 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 and he loved that he dm me with some hearts about that video and then was like i'm really sorry i didn't get to meet you at the london show but like come to one of the other european shows and yeah we'll make it happen so i was like we've got to fucking go to one of these yeah, shows like yeah so we, we figured it out which is was, was difficult because obviously i've got kids my yeah. wife was coming too so we had to figure out some way that they were going to get looked after and overnight we don't have family close or anything Figured it all out, got the flights, got over to Paris. And then, yeah, after, um, I was like still in the hotel room before we were going. I was like, surely it's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, he's about to play a show to 80,000 people in the French National Football Stadium. Things can change, you know. And ultimately, meeting me compared to him being prepared for that show, meeting me isn't important. I I get that. But, it you know, it happened and he was as I said in the video, unlike I'm like impossibly cool, like impossibly nice, impossibly friendly. Like the type of person that if you just met a person like that at a party, or like you were just introduced to someone like that, you go, oh, that guy's fucking well sound. Like, yeah. And it was the weekend and yeah, 30 minute conversation asking, you know, like genuine back and forth conversation about life, about, um, I was actually explained to him about the various different stadiums in Europe that, yeah, some of which he played, and then he yeah. really went, he hadn't played Wembley at that point. So I was telling him about how big Wembley was and stuff like that. So that was cool. And then the the, the cool videos with the sunglasses and things. And then honestly, me and that my wife, we we walked out of there after 30 minutes with them, 25 minutes, whatever it was. And Kate Trinada was playing because he was on tour with him. Yeah. Um, and we just stood there like in an absolute daze. And I just have this memory of me and her just kind of laughing at each other. Like I'm just like full adrenaline for the last <laughs> for an hour or whatever it was, kind of feeling exhausted. And it's like Caitronada's beats just thumping over the yeah. sound system in the Stade de France. And just I, I don't think I really came back to life for like two or three days after that. It was just it was just too it was too weird, but it was amazing and um yeah. To, to meet somebody that I've spoken about or to have an interaction with somebody that I've made videos about is amazing and I've had a few since uh, and before and I met Danny Brown the other day, which was really cool. Oh, shit. But for the number one, for the biggest artist on my channel, the reason my channel is big and it, the basically, give or take, the biggest artist in the world during one of the biggest tours of all time, for that to be the one where I felt like I'm I sad. fucking completed it now, like, what am I supposed to do now? which is why I'm... Honestly, is actually one of the reasons why I'm sort of branching out and trying some different things. But... Because uh, I can't... be I, I did the thing. I can't believe it. I was sitting there in this room, this little room that we're in, I'm in now, listening to House of Balloons, listening to Echoes of Silence, listening to After Hours when it came out with everybody, listening to Dawn FM when it came out with everybody. And then just a few like short years later, being in the room with him because of that, and not only meeting him... But meeting him and he knew who I was, that's the craziest thing. There's one thing meeting the celebrity, getting a photo, that's mad anyway. Um, But to meet a guy of that level of fame and he knew me? Impossible. It doesn't even make sense. It still doesn't make sense. But it kind of does because, you know, those videos, I think the House of Balloons ones are 800,000 views now, which there's YouTube videos that do 10x that comfortably. But that's still a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of eyeballs. And it goes to show that every single one of those eyeballs or two, eyeballs um can be you know somebody mad like it can be the artist themselves or the thing that you're talking about themselves and you know it actually might well be because they're quite often tapped in like that so you know that's a big part of my thing just when people are starting their content creation journey or their like their creative projects or something you never know it's a cliche but you actually never know you just spoke about that guy he's done four videos and now he's speaking to yay it's crazy like, it can happen. There's yeah. no guarantees. But it like it, do you know the only guarantee is it won't happen if you don't do you it. You don't do it. You don't start. That, that's that. the guarantee. It definitely won't happen then. So, yeah. That, that, and that was just proof positive of what can happen when I put the, 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 the short video out there of us doing the sunglasses. And I just wrote nothing is impossible because yeah. I was like, how
0: is this Gosh, fucking you happened? <laughs> how is that
1: genuine? How am I doing this with him? But there you go. That, was, yeah, that, that gave me chills.
0: It Shout out to Abel. The yes yeah always always
1: goat.
0: yeah like i've i've planned and daydreamed in my mind meeting j cole every time i'm in new york city i'm like oh i'm gonna see him on a bicycle and i'm gonna do the speech that i've planned my entire life so maybe if i make enough tremaine content the man will hear me out or Ebe, the head of dream yeah we'll just just out. keep
1: putting it out into the universe man that can be your story you know was yeah. it ryan trahan's story that you wanted to meet dr phil i'm english i didn't <laughs> even really know who dr phil was but it was yeah. a good video and uh, shout out ryan trahan the guy's brilliant but um, you know, you make it your story from day one. That's a good story for the channel. Like, you're yeah. gonna get in a room with, Every, with Jermaine. I, I can see it happening. Why not? He seems uh, everything's he's, part he's of the story. My, yeah.
0: my 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 college friends have a bet of the over on under and how many years it will take me to meet J Cole. They set it at five years, and they all took it from, from now, from right now. So yeah, yeah, we'll see I if think Minotaur that's well, no, I well. I reckon happens. you can do it in three.
1: There we go. But I'll is it meet J Cole, Cole at a signing or meet J Cole at a meet and greet or is it meet J Cole in like?
0: Meet J. Cole, I think, through one of my own business dealings, whether it be working in the music industry or doing this. And yes, doing yeah, it. I think that's the move, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you three years. Three years, so what are we, January 24? Let's see what happens January 27.
0: Let's go, baby. Yeah. Well, my last question, and because I want to give you the space to talk about your new thing because you started as a writer, um, being a journalist, talking about video games, and now you are starting your own newsletter to just talk about your feelings on hip-hop and just music that's coming out in general. So yeah, tell us about what we got coming. I think your second one's about to drop, and might have already came out. Uh, it's dropping in,
1: as we were recording, like 23 minutes. 23 so minutes. it's actually the third one, because so I did two in the first yeah. week, because I was so feeling inspired. But yeah. Um, yeah, I started a newsletter. It's called uh, Hit Slash Record, although the name may change to something very similar next week, because of uh, reasons. But it will be something very similar yeah. to that anyway. Um, and yeah it it's basically um a reason to be able to talk about some of the music that i can't necessarily make videos about but also to talk about uh, some life lessons that i've learned along the way being self-employed for 15 years and this content creation journey that i've been on and before and also like you say my background before any of this before making videos was writing i was a professional writer on magazines and then the editor like the manager of of, of magazines in, in the world of video games, and I've written about as a freelancer, lots of other subjects as well, music, film, TV, etc. And um, to be able to reconnect with that skill, that's like my main, you know, professional skill. To be honest, this is as well now making videos, but mm-hmm. that's that that I'm still consider myself that's what I'm best at. And so to um, to write a newsletter that's already I think we we hit seventeen thousand um, email subscribers first Damn. week, which is Jeez. amazing. I think that puts it in like the top one percent in the world or something straight away. And so same. super exciting, man. Um, it's really nice to have a creative project that I can get my teeth into. Um, it's been really fun getting back to writing. And I think if people are out there subscribing to newsletters, they should be because there's loads of amazing ones out there. And uh, it's cool to get something from a creator that you like in your inbox that can. Be valuable to you, or whatever your interest yeah. is, or if you're trying to create a creative project or whatever. But I will say, and I'm going to be talking about this a lot over the next 12 months. My newsletter is not written by Chat fucking GPT. Okay, so <laughs> a lot of the newsletters you, you you you'll know them. And listen, if your thing is you're a designer or an artist or a cook or whatever it is, and you're not a writer, and you get Chat GPT to write the part around the actual thing you're doing, fine. I totally get that. Like it's better than if you can't write. Get the AI to do it totally. Yeah. But if you're selling your writing or your ideas or your strategies as a writer or a coach or anything like that, and you're getting the AI to write it for you, uh, we can see through it. Mine isn't written. By, mine is not written by ChatGPT. It's written by me. I will say that I am using ChatGPT to do the images though. So, but <laughs> so we'll give you leeway with that. Yes, but they just little. Yeah, yeah, just to 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 fill out the page. But yeah, it's written by me, completely by me. Um, and yeah, it's. A little bit about uh, music mixed with some life lessons, something that's going on in the world. uh, world, uh, Some productivity stuff that I stick to, that I use, that I'm learning about. Um, That's what today's will be about as well. And then it has a section where I cover music specifically every single week, like uh, sort of going a little bit further into some of the stuff that I've covered on the channel perhaps, or follow-up thoughts, uh, song of the week, etc. It's at least once a week. Um, to be honest, I'm enjoying it so much. It may become much more frequent than that. I find I, I write awesome. very quickly because I worked on magazines, so we had yeah. to do like page. We, we fucking had to go to get those magazines out the door. Um, so I still have that skill, thankfully. And um, yeah, it's at the moment it's at uh, johndenson.substack.com. Um, it's called hit slash record. You can find it. I'll be tweeting it out and sharing okay. it everywhere um so it should be fairly easy to find all you need to do is free totally free as well so just check your email in um sign up and hopefully enjoy it and that's that man yeah exciting uh exciting 2024 i've got a lot planned in terms of just beyond the channel channel still mm-hmm. there but beyond the channel building out this uh, media empire that's the plan
0: 2024 you got me inspired and where can the people find you social media wise youtube is john denton but twitter instagram yeah
1: twitter x is same john denton i got that uh username in early i've been on Thank that fucking platform for so long um insta's john denton 22 uh, and i was 22 long before adam 22 that's annoying because people think that i ripped off him <laughs> but i was john denton i didn't even know who that guy was um and yeah, you can just you just type in my name and that, it's now the, like, what comes up on Google, which is, I guess, a massive win, really. Uh, I mean, it used to be some college footballer, and now it's me. So there we go.
0: <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you made it this far into the podcast, please like, subscribe, share it to a friend who loves reaction videos, loves hip-hop music, loves any type of